This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Ting, the best mobile service you've never heard of. Get $25 off your plan or $25 off a new phone by going to laser.ting.com. I'm Chris Antista, and you might recognize me from the internet. No, probably not. Welcome to Laser Time, the internet's seventeenth leading culture. Go, the internet's seventeenth leading pop culture show. I'm one of your stupid hosts. There's, I have some much better hosts with me. Classic hosts, I would say. Who else is with us? Law and Order SUV star Dave Rudden, Diana Goodman, and you know nothing of my work. <laughs> and if you don't know what Laser Time does, each week we pick a topic, we run and do some research, grab you some sound effects, hopefully present you with something fun. And this is a, I think, a little listening party that came from the mind of uh, Diamond Dog Dave Rudden. I did. Oh, yeah, this is, a, I guess, a kind of a common thing that it, it seems to have only become prevalent in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure D- Die has found, you know, older stuff, but just yes, the the idea of a uh, a person playing themselves in a fictional work uh, where, where everyone else, all the other actors are playing parts, but this one person is usually playing themselves, but uh, albeit a heightened version of themselves. Right. And it, it primarily happens in comedy. That's, that's the title of the episode, by the way. What? So it's going to be... A- <laughs> You are the SEO master, Diamond Dog. Uh, but but I, I, it's it's so common and prevalent in comedies now that I almost wanted to refine it to like full movies where people played themselves, and, and like and the oh, only you mean one, from beginning to end. Yeah, like like because it's usually a cameo from the, it is. the clips that I have are usually yeah. they're cameos. That's see, that's one. Uh, as I was thinking about this uh, th- this topic, was yeah, do we separate out the cameos from, like, an actual full role? Like, how much screen time are we counting here? All those are so boring, because I was like, I don't ever want to talk about Joaquin Phoenix's I'm Not There Ever Again, the yeah. giant giant prank he played on all of us, and I'm not watching uh, Michael Sarah's Paper Heart. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's because that's not as interesting right. or funny as these other these other cameos. I do miss Charlene Yee. She needs to be in more <laughs> Can I can I can I kick us off what we're talking about? I'll give it, give you an example. Uh, I recently praised this movie, even though I still haven't seen the whole fucking thing. But I got I got out of Ant Man. Yet I went home and turned on a Cinemax free preview as I was working, and was way more wowed by the Kingsman sequel, <laughs> the Golden Circle. Oh yes, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Have you seen this die? I have. I was kind of disappointed by the whole movie, but it, the the. Guest star is a major highlight. Yeah, every yeah. everybody I say it to kind of shits on the movie as a whole, but like working and glancing over and looking at it in sequences, like that's astounding. That's hilarious. Holy Thanks. shit, where did he come from? I was just really enjoying a, just a tertiary glance at the movie every so often. Yeah, I actually watched that movie on an airplane, which is uh, that movie with <laughs> the profanity and gore cut down is... Ah. Not the way you should be watching it. Oh, like an edited version. Yick. Yeah. I hope I hope they still were able to imply they put a homing device in someone's vagina. I think I still was able to get the gist of that. <laughs> oh, thank but, goodness. Uh, they all, I, it, what I wanted to do was go back because they had both of them on the on the plane. I wanted to just watch the end of the first one and see if it's uh, if the uh, if the butt sex is cut out. <laughs> the butt sex <laughs> reference, which is like one of the best 
gags in the whole movie. Remember we did a commentary on that? There are multiple versions of that where he cut that out. Yeah. Of the first movie. where There's there's a fucking anal sex line <laughs> regarding a, a princess or a first yeah. daughter. Yeah. Uh, and then in some versions, they just cut that out because it's so fucking tasteless. But then I was watching the second movie. They totally allude to it. Mm. They make reference to that that line, so I don't know. Yeah, I think in our version on our commentary, it's cut out, which you can get by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash laser time, where we've launched a bunch of new initiatives, including the quiz down. Please check us out. We're having a tough time launching new stuff, but we'd like to. Uh, anyway, The Kingsman, I didn't know anything about the movie, especially that Elton John pops up, and I don't know, maybe Diana can help me out here. It does seem out of character for how much he curses <laughs> That's uh, part of what makes it good. That's that's usually what makes a good, you know, and so and so as themselves is when they do something yeah. unexpected. Yeah, and I just I just glance over and Julianne Moore's supervillain character who's infected part of the population with this blue virus, including a captive Elton John, is giving a broadcast to the world. And this is her finally injecting Elton John, who pops up like six times in small parts. He injects him with the with the anecdote. It's one of those roles where it's showing how much I, I mean it inadvertently shows how much he's aged. Where he's in like six scenes, and I think five of them he's sitting down the entire time. <laughs> he sits down immediately after this scene. Uh, so once again, yeah, Julianne Moore, supervillain, giving a broadcast to the world. I have good news to the millions already affected. It doesn't have to be this way. I have an antidote. What have you done to me, you fucking bitch? 100% effective and ready to ship out worldwide at a moment's notice. You have my word. I will do this if the following conditions are met. Love how much he just sits in the background. Yes, Dave, immediately sits down and just starts (laughs) cursing up a storm. But he gets to fight at the end. Right. Like a full crazy feathery costume and I think that's giant what, platform shoes I think that's what Dave was talking about like how much he's aged because when he puts on like the 70s Elton John carb you really do <laughs> highlight how old the man has come but he keeps uh, he keeps it up with a new language Elton just calm down fuck you stay there Elton fuck off or I'll fuck you up it's Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> I'm glad I could replace, I was going to use Tom Jones in Mars Attacks. Yes. But I feel like this is almost the exact same role in a better version of it. No, but Tom Jones saves the world. He, do, he, he saves does. all those people from the Martian attack because he can fly a plane <laughs> and then they land in the wilderness and all the, all the little animals come on to him, you know, because he is a saint. All oh, the animals yes. join around Tom Jones so he can sing. Well, I'm glad to say we have so very many of these fun clips. Um, I wanted to take a break real fast, but give a real big shout out to one of my favorites that not a lot of people would remember, and that's the cameo in Run, Ronnie, Run, uh, of several cam- cameos in Run, Ronnie, Run, the Mr. Show movie. But I, I love that Mr. Show had made numerous references to Mandy Patinkin, and I, I, I just thought that was a funny name. I didn't know who Mandy Patinkin was, because I didn't know that actor who played Inigo Montoya in one of my favorite movies ever, The Princess Bride. I know you're a Yentl fan. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this man is ageless. Uh, but like they, they get him to sing Ronnie Dobbs' part in Ronnie Dobbs' The Musical. <laughs> it's re- and he demands to be naked, so Mandy Patinkin just strips down his clothing and sings a song. So let's go out with Mandy Patinkin's version of Y'all Are Brutalizing Me, and we'll be right back. Can't man not crudely lie and scream 
can't a man not control his bitch with violence? You are brutalizing me. Take a look at your phone bill, people. I know I'm pretty careful with my mobile service, yet my bill has still gotten a little out of control. Well, there are other options out there, people, like Ting, the best mobile service you've never heard of. Plus, they're offering $25 off your bill or $25 off a new phone in the Ting shop just by going to laser, laser laser.ting.com. You might not know about Ting. That's Ting like Ting. If that makes any sense, you might not know about Ting, but they're a phone service uh, that do things a little differently, starting with their plans, because there are no plans. Seriously, there is no plans, no contracts, and no startup fees. You simply pay for the data that you use. If so, if you're like me and you're someone who's mostly connected to Wi-Fi all the time, you might be paying more than what you need to for your data right now. For example, the average Ting bill is just $23 per phone. And Ting offers nationwide LTE coverage so you'll get a great signal from coast to coast. And just so you know, almost any phone will work with Ting. From that ancient Motorola Razr to the latest Galaxy X9 or iPhone 10, you're just a SIM card away from a new phone and a new plan. So if you've had it with the high cost and hidden fees of other service providers, Ting might be for you. And better still, laser timers can get $25 off their bill or $25 off a new phone just by going to laser.ting.com. That's the word laser, T-I-N-G.com for $25 off your bill or a new phone. Howdy, everyone. Did you see that special preview episode of the quiz down on the feed? Oh, I hope you did. That's the show we're trying to get funded over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time, which just so you know, just received a massive overhaul. We got new goals, new rewards, and new tiers, baby. And it's not just one show we're trying to launch. We're trying to launch bonus episodes of shows like 302010, new limited series, including season two of an Elm Street Nightmare, hmm? Patreon-exclusive video game apocalypse episodes, including game-specific spoiler casts, a new video series, and even more. Patrons will have exclusive access to all of that, and that's in addition to tons of pre-existing bonus materials that are already over there, like over 100 full-length movie commentaries, including whichever Mission Impossible movie our Patreon our Patreon producers decide upon in the voting. Got my fingers crossed for uh, Mission Impossible 1, July 29th, 6 o'clock. Eastern this time. Anyway, we're also offering new Patreon awards, producer credits, topic choices, input on shows, access to exclusive shows and game events, and yes, but yes, my my own bias priority here is to get the quiz down up and running as a weekly show, and we still have a ways to go. We could use your help, so if you're so inclined, check it out at patreon.com slash laser time and think of throwing us a couple bucks. It's like a tip, man. Thank you. I know I'd go from rags to riches. Coming in with a little Goodfellas music, quite possibly the most watchable film in history. I don't care if you like it or not. Uh, Goodfellas, it's wonderful, isn't it, Diana? Oh, one of my favorites. And I want to talk about, obviously, some more recent stuff, but we asked Di to be here to see if she could fill us in with classic stuff. And I just wanted to point out, because because Goodfellas is a pretty old movie, that you might not get someone playing themselves in the film during that amazing shot of the Copacabana. They're going to see Henny Youngman. And Henny Youngman mm-hmm. is played by himself, who's playing himself 30 years older, <laughs> but doing the same... like. Like this, everybody knows this clip. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Copacabana is proud to present the king of the one-liners, Henny Youngman. How are you all? 
here. Take my wife, please. So next time you're watching the movie, look how old the comedian is. I just assumed he was a proxy for that type of comedy, not the real guy mm. who Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci would be seeing in the 1960s. But no, it's the 1990s and it's the same guy. Yep. So I was I was thinking about how far back does this go? And there's it's not very common the farther back you go, but there's a couple choice examples where it is and it like makes it even weirder. Like Pride of the Yankees, the movie about Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth just plays himself. Are you kidding? No. And it took me half the movie to even figure it out. It's like, oh my God, that guy looks so much like Babe Ruth. Because How did they find him? I've I've done two book reports on Babe Ruth. Yeah, that was 35 years ago or so. Uh, but I don't know what he sounds like. Well, he sounds like a big gruff motherfucker. Yeah, but it's like I wouldn't really recognize him from anything. All I've seen him is in like fucking sped up baseball footage. Yeah. Well, I mean... He's got a really distinctive busted ass flat nose. That's kind of how oh. you can spot him. And then um, there's weird things like Audie Murphy into Helen back. Audie Murphy was like the most decorated soldier of all time. Oh, like a real um, uh, inglorious bastards kind of situation. Sorta, yeah. Mm. I mean, he was just he he was just crazy decorated. So they brought him back to the states, and he's a big hero. And then he just started making movies, including movies about stuff that he had done. Wow. Which is like, well, we didn't, I guess our treatment for PTSD back then was drinking, so. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, oh, man. Okay, but let's, can, do you have any more classics? Because I wanted to bring the kids back in. Come on, get back in the room. Okay, I got, well, the, the first one I thought of immediately. Oh, yeah, please. Because I'm so old, is Sunset Boulevard. Okay, wait. Sunset Boulevard has Buster Keaton in it. Right. Playing basically himself and the last line in the movie you know mr demille i'm ready for my close-up is cecil b demille is playing himself yes and it's it's Gl- gloria swanson the actress right playing right because i've only seen it twice but i really do love this movie and about it's about a guy who stumbles into this old gloria swanson playing an old version of herself but basically yeah but like but the cameos are for people who actually were from the silent era yeah that's so, so cool. The, and they would be super recognizable to people in the 50s. Now we're just sort of like, uh. <laughs> Back then they'd be like, oh my God, it's Hedda Hopper. <laughs> and that's, that's why I wanted to, uh, to, and that's why I wanted to bring up Henny Youngman, just because like, that's a movie I've seen a thousand times and I, I'm too young to appreciate that like, holy shit, you brought this guy back from a retirement home to play himself. Um, yep. But to bring you back in with the, the biggest one I could think of, uh, that have to be Zombieland. Yep. Zombieland, because I it just it, the in, if you're looking at the movie news, it just got announced there will be a sequel. But All like right. I was with yeah Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson coming back as a man named Tallahassee, wow. I might point out. But I wasn't sold on this movie at all when I saw the trailers to it. It was only until word of the cameo came out that I got really excited to see this film, and I'm glad I did because this is. A really funny postmodern take on zombies before you, like before The Walking Dead was ruling the earth and you kind of couldn't make a big Hollywood zombie movie anymore. And, uh, and I don't want to speak for everyone. If Bill Murray isn't in the sequel, do you care? I don't know if he can be. Yeah, I mean, either. But, but, but yeah, even, do you even advertise that? It's kind of like that was the great surprise of the, of the original. It really was. So, yeah, if you don't, if you don't know the movie, it's people trying to survive in the zombie apocalypse. There's maybe a handful of people left, and they end up in Bill Murray's mansion, and all of a sudden, a zombified Bill Murray appears <laughs> out of a room. Ah! 
zombie. You're talking. What are you... You're okay. The hell I am. I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was that it was you, you. Are you? What's with the, the get up? Oh, I do it to blend in. You know, you know, zombies don't mess with other zombies. Buddy of mine, makeup guy, showed me how to do this. Cornstarch, you know, some berries, a little licorice for the ladies. Suits my lifestyle. You know, I like to get out and do stuff. Just played nine holes at Riviera. Just walked on. Nobody there. God damn it, Bill fucking Murray! <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly how you would react. And what I love, one, is Dave, you're a Walking Dead fan. Yeah. This is, I think, pre, well, maybe not pre the comic book where you dress up like zombies to move through them. It's just Bill Murray's just talking about that's what he does. That's how he shoots golf. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm trying to do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon in my head. Like, have, have Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray never been in anything else before this that would ruin that Ooh. like the universe? No, I think that's a good one to have. Yeah. I think it's a good one to have. And 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 then also that like the movie is already funny, and then there's oh. just like this. 50- oh, wait, what? Wolf and Kingpin together? Oh, this duh! Is, yeah. It makes no sense. Oh no! Like, like, wouldn't he say, "Hey, you look like this guy that I did one of my most famous movies with"? Well, there might have been a reference to it. We missed it. But mm. I just love that this the, there's this 15 minutes kind of like relaxing sequence where they all recreate Bill Murray movies with Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> And I love and I love that because you know you've heard all those stories of like trying to get a hold of Bill Murray. He doesn't have an agent. You just call an answering machine, and if you're lucky, yeah. he calls. He personally calls you back and says yes. Hmm. I've no. You know, hmm. This reminds me of another one. Wait, hold, I got okay. one more. I got one more clip of Murray. Oh, and I did read this. Is a li- make it a little sad. This yeah. wasn't supposed to be Bill Murray. This was supposed to be Patrick Swayze. Oh. Where you would recreate? You would meet a living Patrick Swayze at the end of the world and recreate. Dirty Dancing and Point Break and whatnot with him. Uh, oh. But I do love this last line I grabbed when, yes, he, he is killed and he's shot by Jesse Eisenberg, who doesn't know he's just dressed as a zombie. Uh, and he's, he gives this line out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe I shot Bill Murray. That's my bad. I was never a very good practical joker. So do you have any regrets? Garfield, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and if you wait around, and I don't, I won't even spoil it here because I thought Zombieland was that much fun to revisit, especially now that it's getting a second one. Um, at the end credits, you get him in zombie makeup, just doing Caddyshack lines. Big thumbs up. <laughs> Big thumbs up movie. Well, which one were you going to segue into, Dime? Um, well, I actually thought of two after the end of the world. Uh, a really obscure one in the Postman. The horrible, horrible Kevin Costner movie. Uh, Tom Petty appears apparently as himself. Is he playing himself? He doesn't say, but he's like, yeah, I used to be a rock star. And, oh. So I'm going to take that as you're supposed to be Tom Petty. Oh, my God. And now we know he never would have lived that long. Dave, what were some of the ones you brought up? Well, the one that weirdly um, inspired this for me that kind of just kickstarted, like, oh, yeah, this is a thing in my brain, uh, is a show that I finally finished uh, a dozen years too late. Uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> uh, I think it's the it's either the last season or second to last season where they're making the uh, horror movie. Yes. Oh, what and is it called? They tried to get Ben Kingsley to play a part in the movie. Who are we kidding you? Ben Kingsley. You play the boss. I heard this idea. I call Jay and I say, Sir Ben Kingsley, no one else. Well, you know, as ever, it's script dependent. Oh, we got a sensational writer, J.T. Dole. I'm embarrassed I haven't heard of him. 
He's from TV. Uh, Nash Bridges, Hooperman, Law and Order, the SUV. <laughs> so there's a script. We wanted to surmise your interest and then tailor the part to your specificities. No one plays a tough, ruthless, hard-hearted prick like you do. You got it down. Trust me. I take that as quite a compliment. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I say to the man who played Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they'd seen Sexy Beast, if that was out yet. Yeah, so true. this is literally, I think, I think this episode probably came out either a couple months before or after Blood Rain. So it's like, I don't know if they're sort of trading on the fact that, I mean, the, the, the entire episode kind of makes Ben Kingsley like super shallow because it, it's all, it's, the episode's called Luxury Lounge and it's all about how celebrities go to these like luxury, these, they have them, I guess, in LA where it's like, uh, just, you get a bunch of products for free. Just take them and use them and it kind of sort of, Free advertising, I guess. I, I uh, think yeah. I want to take away from that is let's rob Lauren Bacall. <laughs> yes, which is amazing. That's what I was like. I think they had to work a little hard to get celebrity appearances in Sopranos because it's like yeah. if you're not going to commit to being this uh, mafia character or from New Jersey, we have no use for you. So that yeah. <laughs> concoct this whole Christopher wants to go legit, and by legit I mean Hollywood. To just introduce celebrities playing these weird versions of himself, but yeah. him ending the episode by stealing a gift basket from Lauren Bacall is my second favorite Sopranos actor playing himself cameo. And no, I'm not talking. I think they end, they end up uh, they they don't get him for the movie, uh, but I think they get Billy Baldwin <laughs> uh, to replace him. Yes, it, yeah, but the other one was John Favreau doing lines, doing a bunch of coke with Christopher in Hollywood, yes. and the, but the big one <laughs> is during my favorite cinematic dream sequence ever we're just hi i'm annette benning <laughs> i'm just here i'm a big fan of the show glad to be in your dream tony uh god damn uh that's so good I, I i didn't realize how long i'd waited in my life to hear lauren bacall yell oh my fucking arm <laughs> and and this one really reminds me of one uh that i found that i think is unforgettable you know who i didn't grab uh dave and i think we talked about it ben stiller uh, from what? Well, Ben, I think he does it mostly on like talk shows, but Ben Stiller pops up to play Ben Stiller and he always plays Ben Stiller like a real asshole. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> we all know you're not an asshole, Ben. Everybody, yeah. everybody knows you're like probably one of the nicest dudes in the universe. And it's just, I was so tired of seeing it by the time it showed up on the mildly forgettable Ricky Gervais show extras. <laughs> but it does have one of my favorite celebrities playing themselves. And that's, uh, John Luke Picard <laughs> pitching his uh, idea because, you know, if he has superpowers in other movies, clearly he can make another movie about another set of superpowers. You've seen me in X-Men. Yeah. Uh, the character I am, Professor Charles Xavier. Mm. If you remember, he can control things with the power of his mind. Can yeah. Make people do things and see things. So I thought, what if you can do that for real? I mean, not in a comic book world, but in the real world. All right. So in my film, I play a man who controls the world with his mind. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. For instance, um, I'm walking along, and um, I see this beautiful girl, and I think I'd like to see her naked, and so all her clothes fall off. All her clothes fall off? Mm, yes. And she's scrabbling around to get them back on again, but even before she can get her knickers on, I've seen everything. <laughs> I've seen it all. God damn. This scene. <laughs> It takes, it takes, I think it takes real balls to play that kind of asshole, especially in 2018. Uh, his superpowers uh, seem naked. No, totally I loved naked. extras. There are so many people that just were but super chill with making fun of themselves. When you remember extras, is that all you remember about it? 
mostly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. As a huge Office fan, uh, original Office fan, someone who loved the original Office so much, he almost wouldn't watch the American version. Which now I, I'm like totally ashamed of that version of me. <laughs> hmm. So I I thought of a bunch of different versions where uh, scenarios where it's the same, where it's behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, on a movie. And I'm sure there's one that you guys probably brought up, but I think the granddaddy of this is the player. Okay. The Robert Altman film. You are going to have to explain that because I've only seen that once. Okay. So I mean, it's a movie about a film executive. And he spends a lot of time like on the lot and taking meetings and stuff. So going through IMDb, I counted 65 people playing themselves. <laughs> That's wow. right. Because everybody wanted to be in Like Robert Altman could already pack a cast anyway. And if there were yeah. any leftover spots, well, can you play this millionaire extra we need? Yeah. So there's plenty of people just sort of, I mean, sometimes they don't even have lines. Like Cher's in it. I don't think she says much. John Cusack, Jeff Goldblum, Angelica Houston, Jack Lemmon, Andy McDowell, Malcolm McDowell, Burt Reynolds, wow. James Coburn. And I tried to find a clip so hard and I couldn't find it. Buck Henry has one of the best scenes mm. where he pitches the graduate part two. <laughs> and it's so awkward. And he's just, he's ad-libbing. He's just making it up about how, oh no, you see, uh, they, they got married and Mrs. Robinson had a stroke and she lives in the attic. But no, it'll be really funny. <laughs> and and because remember he was making that as a joke and then Hollywood made that movie anyway? They kind of did. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, the the big payoff to the movie is two giant cameos where they talk about they're making this very serious drama about the death penalty and it's going to have no stars and it's going to be very realistic and gritty. And then when you see a clip of it at the end, it's Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts and it has a happy ending. Aww. Wait, that, you, got me th- wait you got me think of another one, one that I totally forgot about. Yeah. But we're all going to totally remember in like two seconds because it's the same thing. A movie where there it's a behind the scenes shoot of a sequel that doesn't exist. Is that? I think I know. What do you? you? <laughs> so I totally forgot about this, and why I want to tip my hat to it, even though it's a movie I loved, but it's hard to rewatch and recommend. Dave and I, I think we're, we're going like on a little renaissance of Kevin Smith stuff. Mm-hmm. And in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they wander onto the set of Goodwill uh. Hunting Two. <laughs> <laughs> and so, not only does it contain numerous instances of some of my favorite jokes, like "Are we ready to shoot Gus?" and they sh- just shoot away to Gus Van Sant who's counting stacks of money saying fuck off I'm busy Ben <laughs> yeah and, See, I forgot that because uh, I don't like that movie very much yeah yes and I well and I hadn't revisited Goodwill Hunting in a long time so not only do you have ever ready Kevin Smith pals Matt Damon and Ben Affleck they also got the guy from the Goodwill Hunting scene I forget his, he's Dean Winter's brother he was on Oz too they got the they got the how do you like them apples guy to reprise the scene in the sequel to Goodwill Hunting <laughs> Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Yeah, I do remember the class. But frankly, I found it rather elementary. I remember that class. It was just between recess and lunch. Are we going to have a problem? Again? I was still just hoping you might be able to give me a little insight into the southern colonies. See, Wood says... what I say? What did I tell you? You'd be back in here regurgitating Gordon Wood. But you forgot about Vickers. What no, Vickers... I just read Vickers, so I'm up on inherited wealth hunting. But you're no longer the angry, brilliant young mind you once were just itching to vent your frustrations. Oh, you stopped hitting the books with a vengeance, and now I've read shit you haven't even heard about yet. Face facts, my friend. You're just no longer that good. 
Will Hunting. <laughs> uh, and then it, it does have one last. Don't they whip out guns at some point? They do. They pull out guns. Yeah. And then, but there's a constant reoccurring joke because Ben Affleck plays three, four people in this movie, including himself. Yeah. And there's a joke about always removing a dead hooker from Ben Ben Affleck's trailer. <laughs> and uh, Diedrich Bader runs in as a security guard. And I don't know. This punctuates the joke well for me. Sorry to interrupt, sirs, but we've got a 1007 on our heads. Oh, Jesus. Again, Ben? No bullshit, because I wasn't with a hooker today. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I forgot how fucking lovely that was. I did. <sighs> Is it? Happened more than once where uh, he's told that he was the bomb in Phantom. <laughs> yes, that was just about to happen. But- okay, so people arguing about philosophical fancy people stuff. Mm-hmm. That sends me straight to, I just sent you a link. Uh, <laughs> I think the best cameo of all time. Ooh, really? And it's someone that people don't know, but the setup of it is so fucking good. Uh, that would be Annie Hall. Uh, oh, I do. Yes, I know. I can name who this is, Diana. Good. I've seen this movie, well, he but... has my birthday. Uh, it's is his yeah. name Marshall? Uh, Marshall McLuhan, <laughs> yes. media media theorist Marshall McLuhan, who said that you know some mediums are cool mediums, some mediums are hot mediums, and he's a really interesting guy. Uh, and when you're in a Woody Allen movie and you're behind him in line at the a theater and you're being a jerk and going on and on and on about stuff, uh, sometimes the fourth wall gets broken and bad things happen to you. What do you do when you get stuck on a movie line with a guy like this behind you? Wait a minute, why can't I give my opinion? It's a free country. He he, he can give you, do you have to give it so loud? I mean, aren't you ashamed to pontificate like that? And and the funny part of it is, Marshall McLuhan, you don't know anything about Marshall McLuhan's work. really, really. I happen to teach a class at Columbia called TV, Media, and Culture. So I think that my insights into Mr. McLuhan will have a great deal of validity. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, that's funny because I happen to have Mr. McLuhan right here. So, so yeah, just let me, let me, let me, come over here a second. Oh, tell I heard, him. I heard what you were saying. You, you know nothing of my work. <laughs> you mean my whole fallacy is wrong. How you ever got to teach a course in anything is totally amazing. Yes, <laughs> yes. I can't believe you pulled that out because, like, just a few hours ago, I was having breakfast with 302010 Sarah. And, Yay. and we're waiting for her food, and we just overhear a table talking about glow. And then, like, oh, and this person's played by, ooh, what's his name? And, like, we can't overhear, help but overhear, and they're wrong about everything. And we're just stewing and dying to correct them on just basic names and dates and what year it is. And we can't. I just like, Sarah, remember, we have a podcast. Most nerds don't have this luxury. We can talk about this anytime we want. Yes, if only I could have pulled out like fucking Allison Brie. Like, no, that's not my name in Glow. God damn. You know nothing of my work. You know nothing of my work. I'm Allison fucking Brie. That's bound to happen. God damn. Well, Dave had some really, really funny ones from uh, television. Because I, I think you might have found one of the ultimate ones. I think one that everybody will think of, Diamond Dog, from The Chappelle Show. Oh, yes, of course. From The Chappelle Show. Oh, God. And it just, <laughs> whenever we talk about The Chappelle Show, because we have on 302010 a couple times, just that, like, it ended up doing things that got repeated so often, you forget that, like, they were kind of the first to have celebrities play against type in this way. I don't know. I feel like I've seen I've seen a variation of the Wayne Brady sketch a thousand different ways on different talk shows and sketch shows. But yeah, and this is very much like I mean, this and uh, one of the movies that I got a clip from right. are both where it's like sometimes it's uh, it's a the person playing themselves is turned up like maybe to eleven, but with this one, it's like he's turned up to like a thousand. <laughs> and 
then it, it's completely playing against what you think of Wayne Brady. Oh, oh, Raquel, what's this? Mr. Franklin's lonely. It's, he's, there's only... Sorry, Daddy. What do you mean, sorry, what do you mean, sorry, Daddy? What the hell did you do? Is Wayne Brady gonna have to choke a bitch? <laughs> Not to be. I'm a, you know what? Wait, come okay. on, man. Come no, 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 on, no, 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 I'm gonna get out of this part right man. now. Come on, please, please. Come on, just, just let us let us slap. <sighs> you better thank Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. And I like your show. Run, big, run for your life, get it! And you can you can tell how how like fresh the idea was because the audience went fucking nuts yeah. when they heard that those words coming out of Wayne Brady because remember he's not just playing like a tough guy he's also a like a literal pimp uh <laughs> unless unless I don't know did the the one um did the NPH one happen before Chappelle show am I totally incorrect I, t- mm, I think yeah I think uh Patrick Har- Paris happened first mm. I want to say and this I you know I I have not seen this movie in forever where how does he pop up first in Harold and Kumar Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, they well, the, uh, the the clip that I got is is about a minute after they first meet him, which is they pick him up as a hitchhiker. As a hitchhiker, right? Yeah. And I oh, love this. Neil, you wouldn't happen to know how to get on the highway from here, would you? Dude, I don't even know where the fuck I am right now. I was at this party earlier tonight, and some guy hooked me up with this incredible ex. And next thing I know, I'm being thrown out of a moving car. I've been tripping balls ever since. That's crazy, dude. You know, we've been having a pretty crazy night, too. We've just been driving around looking for White Castle, but we keep getting sidetracked. Yeah, dude, you fascinate me. Forget White Castle. Let's go get some pussy. Huh? It's a fucking sausage fest in here, bros. Let's get us some poontang. Then we'll go to White Castle. No, Neil, you don't understand. We've been craving these burgers all night. Yeah, I've been craving burgers, too. Fur burgers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, and it, I, I think this okay, role... I, I actually looked this up. Uh, Chappelle show is only a couple months before okay. Harold and Kumar came out. It's they're like Great right minds. next to each other. Yeah, great minds think alike, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I would say this role is probably seventy five percent of the reason that he got cast on uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, well, and like everything, but, the resurrection of Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. I think is partially Harold and Kumar are partially responsible for that. Yeah, and 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 like what I also love about it is like how against type it is because I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive. Neil Patrick Harris was not out yet. So not only I think so, yeah. Not only was he not out, we didn't know what we know about him now that he is a charming, kind, gay family man. <laughs> but in this, this this version of him, this was just like to this was just playing up the 80s child star trope of constantly yeah. being in trouble and drug addicted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it makes it fucking funnier. Yeah. I kind of like uh I guess it's the third one, the Christmas movie. Where like they keep coming back to him, um, but this is like by by the Christmas movie, like he's out and people know everything, and and they just go back to the idea that like, oh no no, I'm pretending to be gay to get women. <laughs> That's right. They have to and like. So he like traps a woman in his dressing room. She's like, "Aren't you gay?" And he's like, "Yeah, gay for that pussy." <laughs> I mean, I would just say like to jump to another one. Um, this same like uh, child star who's fallen on bad times. I mean, that's kind of, I, again, I don't, I mean, not really fallen on bad times, but it does remind me of, um, James Vanderbeek, <laughs> uh, his, his character and don't trust the bee in apartment 23, which is just like, he's just randomly friends with the bee, uh, <laughs> in apartment 23. And, um, it's just that same sort of 
you know, playing on that the fact that they don't really do much now. Yeah, or against the pretty boy type, which, you know, I never saw Dawson's Creek. I have no idea what character he plays. I just assume he's constantly crying. <laughs> I, I never saw that fucking show. But I do love, this is like the escalation of that because like that, he was a reg, he wasn't a cameo on the show. He was there on every episode as himself, yeah. right? Yeah, which is like, I feel like it takes a, a lot more dedication to play yourself an exaggerated version of yourself every week or, well, 20 weeks a year. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of like one of the earliest instances of this, hmm. but also one of the, uh, I guess, not as notable, uh, which was Jennifer Gray in uh, this Seinfeld ripoff show called It's Like You Know. Dude, oh my I, gosh, oh my I remember God. that. Was she a and regular? I, just, I, I remember being like amazed, like, wait, this person is playing themselves. Like on every that's, episode? That's yeah, she was just wow. a friend of one of the guys. And I think they made reference to her nose job a lot. <laughs> Jesus, really? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've never seen Don't Trust the Bee. I didn't even know about it except that it has Eric Andre in it, whom I love. Yeah. But is this a clip of Van- Vanderbeek? Vanderbeek, yeah. Okay. It came! Oh, read it, read it! Dear James, it's that time of the year. The anniversary of the series finale of Dawson's Creek. Can you believe it's been almost 10 years since it went off the air? Three question marks. We thought we'd write you again to see if you'd be interested in doing a reunion show. As always, we're in if you are. Sincerely, Michelle, Katie, and Josh. Holy wow! That, that, that is amazing! Oh, isn't it? Oh, let me touch Too it. that is never gonna happen. <laughs> Wait, James, why would you do that? They send me one of those every year. Listen, they can get nominated for all the Oscars they want. You don't put the Beatles back together without John Lennon. And I'm Lennon and McCartney, bitch. Yeah, you are. You are a king, James. That is so fucking crazy. <laughs> so I got the benefit of seeing the, the video of this clip. Uh, and <laughs> I've never seen Kristen Ritter in anything that isn't Jessica Jones or Breaking Bad. <laughs> As a cheery person who smiles. <laughs> yeah, it is all weird. God damn it. But you, I, uh, I mean, you see, from, from NPH, uh, I thought we might be going to Anna Ferris and Keanu. Oh, fuck. You know, I don't, uh, I don't, re- that's right. That is hilarious because that's a long, long sequence that's just it's like the NPH. It's a long one. scene. And it's sort of like if you took Neil Patrick Harris and his drug addiction and problems and also sort of used the Alfred Molina scene from Boogie Nights. <laughs> yes, and added murder. <laughs> yeah, where she just becomes druggier and crazier and more aggressive until yeah there, there has to be some murdering holy shit that's fantastic and, and another i love keanu by the way yeah me too i don't know i feel like nobody saw it me but too. it was great it's the last key and peel sketch we have people what are we doing <laughs> what are we doing and I, I have to bring this up because i'm so glad dave brought it up this is a a cameo yes but it's one of my favorite cameos in cinema history because the naked gun trilogy <laughs> <laughs> always has a reason for weird al to show up and be treated like the biggest celebrity in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they treat him like he's fucking jo- like Paul McCartney every time they see him putting wreaths on him. <laughs> and you came down here to get the hot story, didn't you? Pictures of me to send you a lousy newspaper. Uh, Frank. Sure, you think I'm a big hero, the man of the hour? Well, do any of you understand how a man can hurt inside? Frank, Frank they're not here for you. Weird Al Yankovic is on the plane. <laughs> he doesn't even get a line. Does he, yeah, does he say anything in any of his Naked the, Gun cameos? I don't think so. Not that I can remember, but I've seen one in three, way more than two. I really, I really want to hear from someone under 20. Please confirm to me that Naked Gun is still funny. It is, <laughs> it is just the fucking best. 
I think it's coming up on 3022. Oh, I'm so happy about it. Um, and, and Dave had another one that I did not know at all. Um, I don't watch the Big Bang Theory, Diamond Dog. I don't either. This was, I actually just put this. God, we're I cool. Swear, I swear, I uh, swear. <laughs> we're so cool. I asked some friends about this and one of them said, Will Wheaton on uh, Big Bang Theory. And you know what? This, this clip is not that bad, oh. I'll say. Well, actually, it, it's good for about 30 seconds and then it just is not as good. Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton? <laughs> This is Sheldon, by the way. Hi, Sheldon. Here, I found this pizza flyer in your fence. Thank you. Okay, now you owe me a favor. (laughs) Turn down the role of Professor Proton. I don't think so. You can't be Professor Proton. You're not a scientist. Well, I was never on a starship, but pretending I was bought me this house. And if I pretended a little longer, it would have a swimming pool. Yeah, some things shouldn't be rebooted. Yeah, some things were perfect the way they were. Like the walled city of York, it was a delight. But New York? <laughs> Did you- I'm not a Big Bang Theory fan, but that some of that wasn't that bad. Jim Parsons yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> so, I've man. seen a different clip of with Will Wheaton where they're at a Star Wars premiere and he shows up uh, in a Star Trek uniform intentionally to piss people off. Ooh. I guess it's this is a recurring thing. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of that show's fault is, I don't know if it's actually filmed in front of a live studio audience, nope. but th- that laugh track was awful. I know. I expected Will Wheaton to open the door and everybody go, woo! <laughs> Will Wheaton! Or, <laughs> or just hear a Titus laugh <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. Um, wait, do I have any more? I do have some I, more. I have one more. Diana, yeah, hit me. Keanu made me think of uh, other comedy movies that actually are pretty good, but mm-hmm. people have maybe not seen and with Sasha Baron Cohen back doing stuff. I was just trying to segue into that because as of this recording, I am dying to watch whatever that show is. (laughs) And it it couldn't be more further from the thesis of this show. (laughs) It's somebody who never plays himself. So I could have brought up Borat, Mm. but I want to talk about Bruno. Yes. Bruno is not a very good movie. It's, Let's be honest. But it has a couple bits that are amazing. It's, it never lingers for a second on any of its jokes. It moves too fast. I want It should have been like a series. Yeah. There's a section in that movie where they get together leaders from Israel and Palestine to solve the conflict, and it lasts like 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I think my my favorite bit, I mean, there's, there's a couple really good ones, but I think my favorite bit is he's got... He, he's an extremely over-the-top gay German TV host. <laughs> and they have a test audience viewing of his show. And it's super obnoxious. And the whole time he keeps saying, and I'm going to you know, have this exclusive interview with Harrison Ford. And it just goes on and on. <laughs> it's just he's dancing and it's aggressive. And there's like a talking penis. And it's so hard <laughs> to watch. And these poor people in this test screening are just, they want to commit suicide. And then finally, we get to the exclusive interview with Harrison Ford. It's the time you've all been waiting for. It's my one-on-one exclusive interview with Harrison Ford! Also, here I am with Harrison Ford. Fuck off. He has he has Wolverine's line in first class. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, his exclusive interview is he spots Harrison Ford coming out of a restaurant carrying takeout. Carrying takeout. Oh, I'm so. I wanted. And he tells him to fuck off. I wanted. And he has promoted it like eight times. He's just saying Harrison <laughs> Ford is going to be here. Yeah. I want to talk about Bruno so bad. I just wish that movie was better. 
I know. I know. If only they kept it like that, that like faux documentary style of uh, Borat. Mm. Whereas at times it's like, this is just a studio movie with pranks in the middle. And even Bad Grandpa did a better job of it. So I, I, I meant to rattle this one off earlier where we talk about full movies where somebody plays themselves. I just want to tip my hat a little to Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> She's done this a couple times. Like, this is, this, dude, this is being John Malkovich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a tiny door in my office, Maxine, and it takes you inside John Malkovich. There's no such thing as a hole into somebody's brain. Yes, there is. You see the world through John Malkovich's eyes? Yes! And then after about 15 minutes... That's not me! I didn't say that! You're spit out into a ditch on the side of the New Jersey turnpike. It was amazing. Where the hell are we? We're at Malkovich's subconscious. <laughs> this is such a fucking great movie. It's, it's no longer weird. It's just insane. I love this movie. I told my friend before this movie came out that I had read about it. And this is what this movie's about. Because she loved John Malkovich. She did not believe me. She called me a liar <laughs> to my face. I, well, that I'm making this up. Who would make a movie about John Malkovich as himself? Called, he's, he's not a big enough star for that. What are you even talking about, that's, Diana? That's a joke. And I was right. That's the joke throughout the whole movie that like no everybody recognizes him but has no idea what he's done. <laughs> hey, I loved you when you played a jewel thief. I never played a jewel thief. <laughs> God, he, but he he does that fucking dance. Yeah, part of the movie is there. There is yes a portal into the mind of John Malkovich where you can be him. And John Cusack's character slowly realizes he can control John Malkovich and never leave his head. And he's not he's not in as much of the movie as the rest of the the leads. But it, I didn't even think about this until I thought about adaptation because mm. holy shit, Charlie Sheen plays himself before going off the deep end. He just plays yeah. Charlie Sheen, friend to Charlie Kaufman, played by Nick Cage, and so. <laughs> I, I got to give a shout out to being John Malkovich. That movie is fantastic. And I, just like you, Di, I remember I became obsessed with it after reading about it because it just seemed like something that shouldn't and couldn't exist. <laughs> and it was coming to us from the guy who made the fucking sabotage video. Please. Oh, yeah. It is Spike Jones' first movie. No, uh, I think, yeah, Charlie Sheen was also in being John Malkovich where he pay, plays his best friend. Yes. And he's like completely ah, bald at the end. Now, the, their names for each other in that movie were cute. Just uh, Machine and Malcatraz. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I was saving that because these are the big ones. Sarah found this clip for me because I think it's the ultimate. And I never saw this movie. I never saw the movie Ocean's 12. Uh, Did anybody else? Do you remember this sequence? Unfortunately. So part of the heist is a scene where Julia Roberts playing Tess has to play Julia Roberts in the movie. Yes. Which technically should not count in our <laughs> for our list because it's still Julia Roberts playing Tess. However, she meets Bruce Willis, who recognizes Julia Roberts, but she... Fr this is so fucking complicated, but I do like the clip. <laughs> okay, you're from Smyrna, Georgia. You were born in 1967. Like, okay, your, your middle name is Fiona. Uh, you've got ten dogs. You've got seven no, horses. Your favorite color is peace. Like I tell everyone it's blue. You don't have more horses than dogs. I can't do this. I just can't. Tess, we're out of time Julia, please. Right, Julia, okay? Please. Listen, no, no, no. We understand you're feeling a little insecure. That is totally natural. That's good, actually. Because you're playing an actress. They're all insecure. You no, I'm not insecure. That. I'm freaking out. That's brilliant. That's amazing. You're playing a role. No. It's... It's Don Cheadle and Matt Damon trying to teach a woman that is Julia Roberts to be Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, so this I love Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Twelve is actually closer to the original Frank Sinatra Ocean's Eleven because you feel like you're paying to just watch celebrities hang out with each other. Yeah, this is a little bit part of it. 
It's like, I don't know if you're being clever or lazy as fuck. That's that's right, because I, I was trying to get clips of this, but the scene, this scene went on way too long. <laughs> it went on way too long, because part of it is she's Julia Roberts trying to get into a French hotel, but is then recognized as Julia Roberts. Fake, real Julia, fake Julia Roberts is recognized as a real Julia Roberts by the real Bruce Willis. <laughs> you're playing a role. I'm apparently playing a real person. You don't even have to talk if you don't want to. You just you smile. You give them a big smile. You wave at the camera. That's all she ever does. No, but if you do say something, don't forget your accent, all right? Drop your G's and longer vowels. Bruce Right, listen, it's going to be fine. you got to remember something. You are an image to these people. You're like an object. You know, nobody actually knows you. The hey, last thing in the world yo, this is going to be is personal. Oh, 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 you like a week What are you doing in Well, I'm here on vacation. <laughs> you. you are not supposed to fly after your eight months pregnant. Guess? I, mean, I don't remember. Yeah, she, I mean, she looks it. Oh, if I just stepped in it. Anyway, 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 like uh, that's yeah, a, that's no, a unless mean, you can see a baby literally coming out of a woman <laughs> and she's wearing a shirt that says "I am currently giving birth." Oh, look at Never me! Never assume. Oh, we're gonna get letters. Um, Patreon.com/slash/LazyTime. Uh, send them there. Well, speaking of uh, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. um, I'm at, I'm about to send you a clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is in an episode of Friends. Uh, she doesn't right. play herself, but someone else in that episode plays themselves. Do you have that clip? Or no, I don't. I? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I didn't know he was in this movie. He is so hot. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. Um, this is going to sound kind of goofy, but um, my friend over there, who cooks, by the way, um, she thinks you're cute. You don't think I'm cute? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, do you think you're cute? <laughs> Okay, we're kind of getting off the track here. Um, I was supposed to come here and tell you my friend thinks you're cute. So what should I tell her? You can tell her I think her friend is cute. Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it it all leads to uh, Courtney. uh, Monica goes on a date with Jean-Claude Van Damme, but he expects that she will have a threesome with him and uh, Drew Barrymore. Ooh. Man, that... And that, she doesn't? Yeah, for real. That, I mean, that's one of those life experiences you gotta take. Yeah, yes. exactly, man. I'm I hearing, mean, just I'm, do it for the story. I'm hearing a bunch of people shout bingo with their 90s bingo cards at this point. That was, <laughs> that was really... And one of the things I wrote down that I wanted to mention in the beginning, I, one of the, like hearing about being John Malkovich got me so excited and I saw the shit of that movie, but what I didn't do is see JCVD. Which I, I was, uh, I was just as excited about. I'm ashamed of myself. Everything I read about, like, that, can you believe it? There's this movie where Jean Claude Van Damme plays himself, and it just, I don't know, it's like a weird French production. It didn't come over here for a while. Yeah, it's not as exciting as you're gonna think. It's, yeah. it's, it's odd. It's a bit meditative, but I mean, the basic idea is that Jean Claude Van Damme is himself, and he gets involved with the bank robbery. Jesus, and there's like a Netflix or no, an Amazon series that's essentially the same premise. Jean-Claude Van Johnson or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah, that I also haven't seen. What is wrong with me? Clearly, this is something that has happened a lot. We're just trying to rattle off our favorites. You can tell us yours in the comments at lasertimepodcast.com, but I wanted to save just the ultimate actors playing themselves shit for everything that happens in every Judd Apatow joint. Oh. (laughs) Can I I throw in one more that I really No, please. Okay, because it's one in a movie that I... 
oddly don't hate, and I'm not sure why, because mm-hmm. I'm not a big Farrelly Brothers fan. Dude, I on, have that written stuck down. Stuck on You is kind of cute. Yes, in Meryl Streep. How did they get Meryl Cher. Streep to be in that movie? No, they got Cher. Oh, they, in, in, oh which movie are we talking about? Stuck on You. They have, the, it's Meryl Streep. They the, have Meryl Streep in the movie, too. I don't even remember Meryl Streep. Yes. I guess, so. I guess they got her based on Cher. I was thinking of Cher playing herself, because she makes fun of... The old joke that, you know, she's an older lady and she dates much younger men <laughs> because the punchline to it is so good that, you know, she keeps talking about, you know, dating another actor and it's difficult and, you know, he's a bit younger. And it turns out it's Frankie Mooney's. No. no God and he's damn. like 13 and they're like in bed together and they're like going to make out. But he hasn't finished his homework yet. And that was that was almost a Fairly Brothers staple, like a celebrity showing up to play themselves, starting with Brett Favre. And there's something about Mary on this oh, yeah. <laughs> that you can hear about on this week's 302010. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was bringing. I wanted to save the Judd Apatow stuff for the end. Absolutely, including a a movie that almost is that title specifically. But just because looking it up, like I think James Franco has played himself like 20 times <laughs> in, in certain mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, like just in everything. But one of my oh, favorite wasn't he on a soap? Where he yeah, exactly. Himself? Exactly, but but leading up to that, we got to take you up to that because everyone forget, forgets about this stuff. And these are movies I do think are quite charming. I really liked Funny People, and that has a ton of cameos from people playing themselves. And like, I never really watched Everybody Loves Raymond, but I love Ray Romano. So I think he's like <laughs> understated genius, like one of the funniest people ever. Oh, yeah. And seeing him in, in this cameo where he's just being screamed at by Eminem <laughs> and terrified for his life, the line. Uh, hey, Marshall. is <laughs> something that always cracks me up. Who the fuck is that guy right there? What? <laughs> Ray Romano's bothering you? Ooh, Ray Romano, the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond? Hey, Ray! Hello, Marshall. Fucking problem here, buddy? <laughs> w- would you like me to fucking bend over for you right now? Say no. No, man. <sighs> it's gotta always be on my toes, man. I thought everybody loved you. <laughs> 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 and that's not even the best Eminem cameo from like a Seth Rogen joint. Did anybody actually see the interview? No. So like I have but I've forgotten so much about it. Dude, like seriously, it's one of my favorite like I think James Franco does a great job in that movie. It's not the best movie. I remember I always describe it as Spies Like Us, a movie we all saw and it's kind of endearing but in no way good. It's totally worth watching. <laughs> the interview I, I remember I watched it with my dad that one Christmas where it was banned from theaters and instead of showing up in theaters the day it was supposed to be released, it showed up on YouTube for two ninety nine. Thank you, North Korea. You don't remember that? Yeah, 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 I remember. It's fucking crazy. And um, But in that show, James uh, Franco plays a talk show host who is popular with Kim Jong-un uh, and he's trying to go legit and interview bigger and bigger celebrities and like Rob Lowe comes on and like pulls his wig off to reveal he's bald. But um, Eminem, who had been up until like his usage in these Apatow joints, like pretty fucking humorless. I don't know. I really, I really did like this performance. Well, first of all, I feel like when I rap, like people twist my words. Okay, but can you see how an old person might say, I think what this guy is telling me, this M&M, is that I should go kill myself. And I, you know, I don't like that. I mean, I don't necessarily rap about the things that I hate. It's more about the things that I fear. I get you. You know, it's like if I say something about women or whatever. I think a lot of that is more or less me just dealing with issues with, you know, old issues with my mom or whatever. With your mother. 
Yeah, or, or, you know, when I say things about gay people or people think that my lyrics are homophobic, mm -hmm. you know, it's because I'm gay. Um, <laughs> when I rap about violence Wait. or, you know, sound like I'm promoting violence. I think that, uh, you know, it's more or less what? What? because... What? You know, it's kind, of my, uh, it's kind of about me just, you know, confronting it. What did he just say? Wow. Wait, can no. we play what he said he was gay. Did he just, Dave? Did he just say Dave? he was gay? We're pretty sure in the booth. We just heard him say he was gay. M, let's just back it up a moment. You just said that you were gay? Um, and I'm just curious what you meant by that exactly. I mean, I'm gay. Uh, I'm just a little confused here because gay can mean a lot of things. I am a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> And seriously, watching Franco like mug through this is fucking hysterical, dude. I didn't even know I liked the dude this much until I saw the interview. And The Disaster Artist was my favorite movie of last year. So there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any more? Any more we got? Because I am all out now. But I, I, I'm ready to go to This is the End. Let's go for we'll it. See? Yeah. This I mean, the other, I'm just thinking of the other, the James Franco cameo in um, Knocked Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He's in, he's being interviewed by uh, Catherine Heigl's character, mm -hmm. who then has morning sickness. Yep, yep. He's played. Was that, or was that um? What's his face from uh? No, American she screams Idol. at Steve Carell. Okay. <laughs> throws up near James Franco. Okay. Um, but this is the end. Has to be the fucking ultimate because <laughs> it's where everybody plays themselves. Everybody, and it just I, I I don't know. I find this movie so fucking cool. It's one of the it's it's one of those movies I didn't think I'd revisit as often as I would. I think it's like a really good closer on whatever that Seth Rogen, James Franco universe is. And it's also kind of like, I mean, it still happens nowadays, but after this, it's like, well, why ever have anyone cameo as themselves? Totally. It made it, like it totally useless. Ooh. And yeah. one of my other favorite things about it, because, you know, we're all watching the trailers and they're funny and shit. And you see Michael Sarah pop up as a dick, which <laughs> is funny. And in the movie that you show him like being with two girls, in the trailer you saw him being with two girls, but when I finally saw the movie, they saved the better gag where he's getting his asshole eaten by a girl in a bathtub <laughs> <laughs> in a badass uh, yeah. jacket. This has another one of my favorite things uh, when a celebrity cameos in something as themselves, but then the, they are so like, I guess, into it that they're okay with being killed. <laughs> Which, like, half the people that you see, or not half, like, I would say, like, 75% of the people that you see in that, like, opening party scene are dead yeah, in, like, like, 10 minutes. Kevin Hart and Aziz Ansari just get sucked into hell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's I'm going to play this long clip. What is it, Dave? This is, it's actually not very much about the celebrities, but it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Oh, it's uh, James Franco and uh, Danny McBride arguing. It was me, Franco. I fucking made jizz in your magazine. What? When I fucking jack off long enough, I end up jizzing, dude. I'm assuming the same shit works for you. Real fucking smart answer. Why'd you fucking aim, huh? I have a particularly explosive ejaculate. It just goes everywhere. It's like a fucking wild fireman's hose. She's gonna grab on and pray to God it doesn't get in your eyes or your mouth. The fuck kind of jerking off is that? What, you never had any brothers? You didn't learn to jizz in a fucking sock or on a fucking tissue? No, I don't have any brothers. I was raised in a house of women. I highly doubt they fucking taught you to fucking close your eyes and fucking come wherever you want. I mean, you're getting all worked up over a fucking porno mag. Who has goddamn porno mags anymore? Welcome to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. You designed a house with fucking iPads in the walls. Yet you're jerking your dick like a goddamn pilgrim. <laughs> That's, I do love it when Danny McBride shows up. Because he shows up like later in the movie, right? 
Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Channing Tatum is his, like, gimp, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which, yeah. And they all die at the end. It is fantastic. I think Everybody so. Everybody dies. Yeah, I think I I liked... I wasn't expecting how much this movie would take place sort of, like, after, I guess, the rapture. You know, yeah. when they're having to deal with each other like that. And just living in this house yeah. and having to deal with, yeah, analog porn. Um, another <laughs> thing I didn't expect from this movie, because it's so male. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many men running around because usually you got like Seth Rogen and James Franco and like Jay Baruchel probably mm-hmm. and Danny McBride. And the hero of the movie is Emma Watson, man. Oh, yeah. She kicks the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I totally forgot she was in this. How, oh, how could you forget? She's the best part. Oh, it's just a bit. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Well, my favorite part uh, is the, the clip is not as good, but I did send it to you. But mm-hmm. Jason Siegel, he's only in the movie for like. 20 seconds <laughs> but he's shitting on his role in uh how i met your mother which found it so hilarious oh that's right it's the same thing a lot though it's like my tv wife opens the fridge and it's like what happened to the birthday cake and i come out with like a little frosting like your birthday cake because you ate the cake it's my birthday that's why y'all number one Good. I'm glad. I love this movie. It's just a little time capsule. So what was huge? Uh, fuck. Was Five it 2010? <laughs> or was it 2012? I can't even remember yeah, at this point. 2013. I love that, that. But like Jonah Hill, I believe, is raped by a ghost. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somewhat raped graphically. By a demon. This remember, is no dream. It's really happening. And I remember what I was. Thank you, Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. Shout out. What I was thinking during that scene. Danny McBride just says later, "What the fuck are you doing, Jonah? You're an Oscar-nominated person." this is yeah it's like after that like how funny can someone playing themselves a celebrity playing themselves be after there's an entire movie of nothing but that and and have there been any other movies that are just like this is the end i can't think of any Hmm. again other other than like fake documentaries yeah i can't think of anything which i do not recommend you watching yeah yeah i try to think of some i mean there's (laughs) there's a couple like really old-timey things where someone will play themselves, especially if there's, like, a musical act involved. Like, oh, it's Louis Armstrong, and it's really Louis Armstrong. <laughs> but that doesn't count. Yeah, I guess I, mm. it shouldn't. It might not even be able to count for musicians because musicians showing up to play themselves. I mean, come on. That shit happens all the time. And yeah, with but, the exception, well, like, High Fidelity is a good one because it's got oh, that's Bruce true. Springsteen appearing. That's right. Know, Talking directly to, to camera. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's unexpected. It's more. It's not like we're going to the club and who's that? It's Bruce Springsteen. But yes, tell us what we missed on LaserTimePodcast.com or uh, our LaserTime Facebook group. And maybe we'll read your responses in an upcoming episode of Bonus Time, the show we give exclusively to patrons. Uh, and yes, yeah, speaking of Patreon, we are trying to launch a couple of new initiatives over on our Patreons. We're talking... Bonus 30 2010 show, bonus VGA shows, and spoiler casts where entire games are discussed at length. Uh, spoilers be damned. But the big one we want to check out, we put it in the feed, you should be able to listen to it, was the pilot episode for The Quiz Down, a new trivia show we would like to bring you. Uh, we're trying to raise a little money for that. It's uh, going very slow, but if you'd like to see more from the Laser Time Network, uh, we have given you the opportunity to do so. And we thank you very much for the people who supported us. And we have a bunch of uh, other updated incentives and rewards should you consider to donate the price of a cup of coffee or, let's say, a supersized extra value meal from McDonald's. You'll get even more shit uh, every month. Seriously, check it out. Patreon.com slash laser time. I believe next week, people, 
We're going to be talking about Mission Impossible, and uh, patrons will be able to enjoy a Monday night movie commentary live with us for what looks like Mission Impossible 1. We're letting our patrons vote on that right now. We are revisiting the whole Mission Impossible series, and we wanted to watch one of the movies with you fine folks. So yeah, check it out. Lasertimepodcast.com or patreon.com slash lasertime. Thanks, y'all. What y'all got going on? Um, I think people should, I know we missed a ton, including I know we missed one from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So please it. put it, you know, in the comments of the Doodly Doo or the Facebook. Tell us about your favorite ones. Um, and I am on 302010 where we talk about what's going on in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. Mm. Last week was the super giant episode with Dark Knight oh. and Die Hard in the same week. And, and it, it, it'll, it'll be smaller from now on. But there's the, still a couple really, really good movies coming up. There are. Die, we were, we were, I was hanging out with uh, uh, some friends and we were talking about those anniversaries and we were talking about, <laughs> we were all supposed to watch Saving Private Ryan. And then we got in a discussion about how many people whose careers basically skyrocketed after Saving Private Ryan. And somebody mentioned Dennis Farina. And then somebody also <laughs> said, you know, Dennis Farina is also in Midnight Run, which is out the same fucking week. Yeah. And so we switched it over to Midnight Run. And that's what I just finished watching because that movie is wonderful. I don't care if Rick and Morty makes fun of it. It's a great dad movie. <laughs> it's so good. What you got going on, David? Uh, you know, I'm just doing uh, behind the scenes work with, uh, you know, WWE2K. But yeah, just follow me on Twitter. All uh, right. At Dave Rudden. All right, baby. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we should have a brand new topic for you next week. We'll see you then.